members of the OG army get those wallets unfolded. Coming up next on the other ground live stage, prepare for an eargasm by Passive J and Big Dalton. Well, good afternoon and welcome to yet another edition of Other Ground Live. I'm Passive J. That's Big Dalton over there. Say hello, Ryan. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Sunday, July the 19th. And um things. <laughs> uh, I see it's been that type of day for you, huh? Uh I also see the OG armies forming up in the chat box. Always glad to see you guys here. Uh, how did your day go off, Mr. Day Off Man? You know, it was a day off. I did much <laughs> of nothing. I took well, a nap at some point. Well, that's, yeah, uh, that's, that's about it. Or... Sometimes about that's you just... uh, there, Jay. Well, I mean, sometimes that's just the type of day you need on your day off. Just a day where you don't fucking do anything. Uh, mine was a day of work. As you guys know, I work on weekends. This is my Friday. Fuck yeah, it's Friday, bitches. Um, so it wasn't a bad day. It rained in the middle of the day, which kind of fucked uh, things up. Uh, but that's how it works in a country club. Rain puts a dampener on many activities. Uh, but all in all, not a bad day at all. Not a bad week at all. Uh, I've noticed lately that while the days go by slow, the weeks go by fucking fast, man. I can't believe it's already Friday again. My Friday. Yeah, I think part of that's just you're getting old. Yeah, that's probably it exactly because my wife feels the same way. Not about the getting old part, but about the days are slow, but the weeks are fast. Um, I don't know why that is. Uh, back when you were a kid, fucking a day lasted forever. Yeah, and anymore, it's just, yeah, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, of course, part of it is the fact that your day is taken up by so much stuff uh, now as, you're, as an adult. I remember being a kid thinking, oh, my God, I got to go to school for fucking six hours. Holy shit. You know, uh, now I'd be like a six hour day. Fuck. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, it's amazing how you kind of like start out and I, you can even tie this back to the whole nap thing, right? Like as a kid, there was nothing worse than being told, hey, lay down, take a nap. Now you build your entire weekend around them. <laughs> and if i i've told you before that i don't take naps because they fuck with my sleep schedule don't get me wrong i would love to take naps if i was on a uh no sleep schedule at all like if i was retired and i never had to worry about getting up whether it's next week or two months from now i would so fucking take naps all the goddamn time i'd sleep half the day away and stay up all night and then sleep half the day away again it'd be fucking great well, I mean, I think technically you already take naps because aren't your overnight sleeps generally like three or four hours? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, even if all the medication, if I get like five or six, I'm doing good and it's broken up into uh, like a whole bunch of different uh, sleep episodes of uh, anywhere from 15 minutes to an hour or two. Uh, I haven't looked at my good old uh, fitness tracker in a little bit to see, but I'm sure it's what it's going to be when I look at it. I never asked you that. Do you wear fit? Or maybe I did because I'm dumb and I forget things. Uh, do you wear a fitness tracker? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Hmm. Okay. Like right now, I just noticed I don't have one on, so I probably took it off to uh, charge it, and then it just sat there for probably a week. Oh, I see what you're saying. You wear it, but you're not. You're not really that religious about it because you're not. Do you just not care that much, or do you not trust the results? Do you think fitness trackers are fairly accurate for what they do? I mean, somewhat. There are th some things that they are helpful for. 
The problem is, is like for what I would really use it for, I, I just it's not something I really use. So if I'm thinking about trying to like stay in a certain heart rate when I'm working out, like that's not something I'm going to actually monitor while I'm working out. Mm. Right. Like I, I can see. I can somewhat use it for sleep, but I can also just tell when I wake up in the morning, like how good of sleep I actually got. Right. I can understand that. I use mine pretty much for entertainment value because uh, while I'm working out lifting weights, I don't really care what my heart rate is, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I just put, put it in the fitness tracker because I like seeing the numbers on there. It makes me feel better about myself when I look and see that I worked out for four hours and 45 minutes that week or whatever it was. Um, the sleep thing, just it's just because uh, I couldn't, you know, I knew I wasn't sleeping a lot, but I had no clue it was so fucking little I, some of this stuff shit just can't be accurate like it's for friday and and it, i my sleep is so broken it, it will break it up into multiple sessions like if for saturday it slept it said i slept two hours and 48 minutes and then it also said i slept one hour and 42 minutes yeah if it, like it says uh, for saturday that i went to bed at 7 57 which is correct and i slept from that until 10 45 and then it says I did not sleep again until 11.56, which it records as a separate sleep session. Uh, and then from there, I went uh, to 2.15. But it, so it says two hours and 48 minutes and one hour and 42 minutes. So, uh, yeah, I got, uh, what, almost five hours, four and a half, right? Yeah, something like that. I, I don't necessarily know if I buy. I just I don't know if there is a quote unquote like fitness tracker out there so far that can accurately track sleep um because i've had that as well mm -hmm. like where yeah. i have i i've had one and i'll have it try to track sleep for me and either it won't pick up when i actually do lay down and go to sleep and it'll just end up being some random time mm -hmm. or i will notice like i will say wake up twice throughout the course of the night maybe i have to take a piss or maybe like one of the dogs like ended up jumping on me or something Right, right. And then I'll now look this, in the morning and it'll be like, oh, you woke up at 2 a.m. and you never went back to bed. And I'll be like, no, I woke up at 2 a.m. and I was sleeping by like a baby by 2.03. Right. Yeah, I say this one seems to be pretty accurate like that because it shows you like, I'm sure yours is, you had a Fitbit probably or something like that. It probably shows the exact same thing because it shows like light sleep, deep sleep and when you're awake. And it nailed when I went to bed exactly and when I went up, to, got up exactly um, and a show and the times that I can remember rolling over and looking at the clock, uh, it, sh it shows those as me being awake. So I don't, other than the, the gap in the middle that I don't really understand, which is like a, basically almost a full hour, uh, oh, 10, 46, 11, 40, Yeah. Uh, where it says I didn't sleep at all. Um, it's pretty accurate. So I guess during that hour, I was so restless that it didn't, you know, it registered me as me back up again. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I just, from from personal experience, I don't trust them that much. Right, right, exactly. It's, and I don't, that's all I use it for is to go, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I kind of figured it's, uh, my sleep sucked. It always sucks. Luckily, now I take drugs, so I don't realize how bad it sucks. That's all the the uh, trazodone or whatever the fuck it's called and the Gabba does, really. Because I've always, never had any problems falling asleep or staying asleep. And now I uh, obviously uh, am not sleeping any better, but because I'm drugged up, the uh, gaps from uh, awake to sleep are more restful for me, I guess, the, the light sleep part. Yeah, it's still probably not a good idea to pee on the, the, the drugs long term. 
Like, yeah, it's not that big of a deal because it's just kind right. of a natural supplement type thing. But the actual like narcotic drug, like none of those are really built to be a a long term solution. Well, this one originally was not made for, uh, from what I understand, for uh, sleep aid at all. Is it's supposed to be an antidepressant, and I guess it's only mildly successful at that. But it's turned out to be a fairly good sleep aid. So I don't think it uses like the narcotic approach for sleep. Um, which is why I still sleep like shit, I imagine. Uh, but he, he he would rather keep me on that than try me on anything stronger if he can. He's, you know, he's pretty uh, against Ambien if you uh, don't have to take it, for example. Well, it sounds like it must be at least somewhat of a kind of crazy drug if Captain got sleep paralysis from it. Oh, wow. And regardless, any yeah. sort of... any sort of medication that has to be prescribed by a doctor... <laughs> It's probably dangerous enough that it's probably not the best thing to be taking long term. Oh yeah, I can't disagree with you, but until until and unless I can find something else, uh, dude, I gotta sleep. And I did try run through an entire laundry list of like the natural over the counter stuff that you can try to take and address the basics, you know, of having a good sleep environment. Uh, I'm very rigid about my sleep schedule. I get to sleep in uh, an hour and a half um, on my days off, and that's about it. Um, so I don't, so that I don't get too off my sleep schedule by uh, on my days off, which has had, which is one of them, was a, one an issue for me at one point. You know, on your days off, you'd stay up really super late and sleep in super late. So when you went back to work, uh, you're all fucked up on your sleep schedule because it doesn't take a lot to do that, at least not for me. Um, but yeah, I'm always open for ideas, guys. If any of you have uh, something unusual, because like I said, I've tried most of the common things that you'd like to suggest uh, to help me get a better night's sleep and get off of the medication for it. I'm always willing to hear it, obviously. Yeah, I wonder if one of the things, but like this probably doesn't necessarily work, would be switching your workout to evening. But yeah, that'd probably screw up your entire schedule. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'll be honest with you. Uh, I... People are like, oh, wow, you, you you work out five days a week? You must be pretty dedicated. And I'm like, no, I'm the, one of the most fucking lazy people you're ever going to meet. Here's the thing. If I make myself work out as soon as I get up, now that I've made it part of my schedule, it's not that big of a deal. If you give me all day to think of an excuse not to work out, I'm going to fucking think of one. I'm good at that shit. There's no way I could be able to work out by the time I got home. I'd be like, oh, I'm too tired. I'm a little bitch. I'm just going to sit and watch TV. And that's what would happen. So I make myself, I get up, I use the bathroom. Uh, while you know, drink a half a cup of coffee and fucking I'm off to work out. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. But how whatever. Buffer. How much of a buffer do you add in as far as when you're done looking at electronics before you lay down? Um, about an hour, maybe forty five minutes. Uh, like uh, normally, uh, uh, as I as I've told, mentioned before, I have to take a couple of medications before bed that require food. So I'll, I'll normally have a small snack about an hour before I go to bed. And once I'm done having that snack, I'm done. I'm done fucking, you know, excuse me. I'm done uh, messing around on uh, the Internet because, <clears throat> you know, that's when I start to get ready, brush my teeth, you know, do my stretches, you know, all, all the all the get the ready, all the going to bed sort of routine. So that's it, about 45 minutes, actually. Well, that might be it. Either way. Yeah, something there's got to be something that'll trigger the right sleep schedule out of you. I just have no idea what it is. Yeah. And, you know, the scary part is when I'm not using the drugs, yeah, I get even less sleep and it doesn't, it doesn't break. I don't have any breaks from it. It's not like I have an occasional night of insomnia. 
uh, recently before I started taking the drugs. So uh, about a year ago, maybe uh, it was getting so bad that it was every night, every night, every night. I start, I missed a day of work for it. Uh, and I never miss a fucking work. I don't call in. That's not my thing. Uh, but I called in and I said, man, I have, I've slept like an hour and a half for the past four days in a row. I can't fucking function. I'm going to go see if can't see if I can't get into my doctor today and see if he can't do anything about it. Cause I'd mentioned to, to him, to it, mentioned it to him years ago that I had trouble sleeping and he just gave me the normal suggestions because he doesn't want to prescribe me anything. That's his thing. He doesn't, he's not a pill person. He's very anti-pill. Um, <clears throat> but I came back to him. He's like, well, you've been complaining about this basically for five years. I guess it's time we try to address it, uh, with some sort of medication. And that's the, uh, trazodone was what he came up with. Interesting. So yeah, well, that. I don't know. Well, once we get everything else figured out with you, we will tackle your sleep. There you go. No, we'll, we'll, right now we'll go ahead and focus on the uh, the uh, physical body parts of it, which is going well. I love my workout today. I love chest day. Um, I, the only thing I was was not able to do your workout to the exact specifications because you had something on there called slingshot, uh, which was obviously uh, which obviously I can't do because I don't have that type of equipment. I knew it should be another basically set of bench press. But I went pretty fucking hard with the uh, regular competition, the bench press uh, schedule that you had me on. So I figured that's probably good enough and moved on to the rest of the shit. Well, you still should have subbed something in. Right. I couldn't think of anything. And I basically, and I was, I'd spent my load on, on bench press. <laughs> I think I might've been a little uh, over um, optimistic about what I should have put on there, but I got the reps done, which made me happy. Yeah, so next time with that, at some point you probably should buy a slingshot. They, I don't think they're super expensive or anything. They are super helpful. Um, the other thing that you might be able to do uh, instead is maybe like do a, a towel bench. To I don't take know what like that is. Just a, take like an old bath towel. What you do is you just roll it up um, and then just wrap some tape around it so it has a little bit of rigidity to it, but then you just bench, you put that on your chest <laughs> and you just bench down to the towel and then back up. Huh. I don't. So you, you put a towel on your, you roll it up. So it's like a rope almost, uh, put well, it, not put a it rope, on your chest. It's like a thick cylinder. Right. Right. Like, yeah, like a thick cylinder. And you just put it on your chest. Yes. Um, I don't understand Basically, what we do. It's a block so, press. It's, it's, it's changing your range of motion. So oh, it's so more you're, of an accessory. It's not a full like bench. So basically I mean, so you're not putting it down as far. Right. Oh, okay. I wasn't, I was like, why? Cause it's padded so you can slam it down harder. I, 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 uh, I already use a catch uh, thing to make sure I don't kill myself, but it's pretty close to my chest. Uh, I would say within, um, an inch, maybe two it's, it's as low as I could possibly get it without it, uh, the bar crushing my face. If I accidentally let go of it. <laughs> well, so wait a minute. You Are you not touching your chest every time you bench? No, I can't touch my chest, but it's, I, you know, if I stuck, if I maybe arch my back a little bit, I probably could touch it with my chest, uh, but I, I don't think it technically does because it hits the bar thing first. But like I said, I can't put that any lower without it, uh, without the bar potentially crushing my face. If I dropped it, you got to remember, I, my, I don't have as big of a chest as you, this will cease to be an issue as I get bigger. I imagine. So the very first thing we need to do is we need to get you in a better position to bench. So you mm -hmm. should have an arch to your back. You should be mm. touching your chest. You're not getting as much out of the bench as you should be, Jay. Yeah, and, and you've mentioned that before, but like, I don't know. Even when I was pushing as hard as I could, I like I tried to arch my back. It didn't seem to make any difference in it. And I know you're supposed to arch your back and push your basically push your feet against the floor. Um, 
And I don't know if it's because of my body mechanics or that I need to practice at it more or, or something like that, but I didn't seem to get any extra uh, oomph out of it. Yeah, that just means you're not doing it right, Jay. Oh. That's entirely possible. <laughs> I don't no, do many things right. That's 100% it. So like, if I was actually there to coach you in person, like I guarantee I could put 20 pounds on your bench the very first session just by getting you to do the lift correctly. I guess I'll watch some YouTube videos and see what I can do on my own, sir, because I can't afford to fly out here. <laughs> well, at least not yet. Not yet. Yeah, like not I said, yet. we have, uh, I think we have like 980 some subscribers to go on the YouTube before Ooh. we can monetize that sucker and make oh. maybe eight cents a month. All right. Well, I've already told you we could make upwards of $4,000 a year off this podcast right now if we monetized it that's we have those type of numbers um <laughs> but i don't i don't want to do that i don't want to put um, commercials into this until uh, we have a large enough audience uh you know right now we have our dedicated fans and they don't deserve to get commercials for their dedication yeah that's not cool <laughs> yeah i feel i would feel bad trying to uh, trying to shove commercials on onto the people that we listen to for that little bit of money but like if i'm going to sell out and make you guys listen to commercials i want it to be at least worth my while so I looked into that and that number actually didn't seem right. That yeah. was about adding in the ability for people to support the channel and be almost like a subscriber. No, I don't think so. I mean, I didn't really look into it too much, but uh, you know, I, 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 all I did was go to the link that it says and said, you know, it said put in the amount of, uh, uh, people that you have uh, listening every day, um, or how many downloads you had a day and then, you know, and how many shows you did a week. And that was the number it came up with. I yeah, I looked their, at that. There's a couple yeah. different things, and one of them is kind of a scammy type thing that would be us going, hey, El Rosterero, hey, Dose, how about you guys give us $5 a month, and you'll get, like, a special star next to your name. Huh? Would that be awesome? I think that would be awesome. Oh, really? That's, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. So um, that makes... Uh, me even more reluctant to do that sort of thing because you know oh yeah we um, sure as fuck aren't yeah. doing that if you want to just send me five bucks a month and have it go towards the white claw fund you guys can do that i'll even set up a p.o box so you can guys send you know whatever the hell you want you can send me dildos and dog shit for all i care <laughs> yeah it'd be funny yeah i don't know I, i'd like to uh, as far as i'm concerned we don't I, i'd like to start getting like guests on here and doing things like that and make it more of a, a special show before like like I, honestly i'd feel weird if i was making a substantial money amount of money off this show right now i'm like uh really okay but it doesn't feel like it's something i should be getting paid for i yeah i but don't get me wrong i certainly would love to make a living off of this and solve a lot of problems for me but honestly i do this because it's fun to do um I've people have always said I should use my voice for something and I haven't had a ton of luck doing the voiceover stuff. I get jobs here and there, but I've never broke into it big time possibly because I don't have any formal training in it. I just started doing it. Uh, but I've been told so many times that I have a good voice, uh, that I'd feel stupid if I wasn't doing something. Well, to contrast that I am worth millions of dollars. <laughs> No, not really. And I don't have the great voice. I am just here to yap now and then and make sure when Cloudflare is down that we still have a show. Yeah, that was uncool, Cloudflare. You know what? I don't know what the fuck Cloudflare is, to be honest with you. I know it's some sort of internet term. So, And I can understand the very basics of it, like uh, 
the the connection from me to something was fine then the connection from that something to cloudflare was fine and then the connection from cloudflare to the website i wanted to go was bad but other than that i don't understand any of that fucking shit yeah so interestingly enough right it's just they're like a a big like web infrastructure and security kind of kind of company but it is funny that as much of a nerd as you are like you don't know all the technical stuff yeah um i well you gotta remember for the longest time i'm uh a computer to me was just a computer i didn't have internet or anything like that um then once i got internet you know it was it's i just it's just never something i need to know like people are surprised that when they find out that i don't know much about networking computers they're like you don't know how to how to network computers i'm like well i've never had more than one uh, what would i network my computer to dude i mean so i understand stuff about building computers because i've done that and, and the basics of installing software and, and maintaining your computer and shit like that but i've never had the reason or nor opportunity to learn any of the advanced kind of stuff that you're talking about so does that make you like a poser in the in the nerd community when no people not be really. like we're gonna revoke your nerd card sir give me <laughs> your 18-sided die no such thing as an 18-sided die, you fucking Neanderthal. Um, but that's not the point. No, there's all kinds of different nerds out there. You know, there's technical nerds, there's D&D nerds, there's anime nerds. Uh, you know, there's, there's the revenge of the nerds. There's the revenge of the nerds, which you couldn't make today. Holy fuck, the main character rapes somebody. Yeah. <laughs> that's Wait, really? Yeah, fuck yeah. Uh, the One of the nerds, uh, you've never seen this? Sh- you've never seen revenge of the nerds? No, I've absolutely seen it, and like the only memorable part for me is ogre. So, like, I don't remember anything about the movies. I know. Oh yeah, which thing, is though. Okay, well, near the end of the movie, uh, one of the main characters, nerds, uh, dresses up in a Star Wars like a Darth Vader costume. Um, I can't remember why. I think it was for a carnival or something like that, where everyone's dressed up in, co- in costumes and. At one point, like he sneaks uh, uh, into, I can't remember the situation, but basically he ends up fucking the uh, the main bad guy Jock's girlfriend because the the girlfriend thinks that it's the Jock because the nerd doesn't take his mask off, and technically that's fucking rape. Yeah, I that kind of <laughs> is very rapey. Yeah, yeah. It, oh, I mean, it's fine back then because you know afterwards he takes off the mask and she just goes, "Oh wow, I didn't know nerds could fuck like that." <laughs> and that was the that was the end of that. You know, now, now all of a sudden she was his girlfriend. But in the real world, I don't think it would work like that. Yeah, who wrote that movie? Like, yeah, well, <laughs> who thought that was a thing? Well, yeah, I don't know, dude. Fucking even back then, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it was if yeah, you know, uh, I was really young when the movie uh, came out originally, so I don't know if it made any kind of fuss. Uh, when it first came out, but it, I'm not the first person to point that out that it, that was kind of rapey for the main character to do. Well, no, there was no such thing as like social justice then. So I'm yeah, I'm sure nobody said anything. But like, who was sitting in the writers' room going like, well, you know, I'm thinking of a situation where some chick has no idea who she's fucking, and it turns out to be one of the nerds, and people are like, yeah, that's a totally believable thing that could happen. Oh yeah, well, and it's well, it's worse than that. Uh, I think I, I and get and I might be misquoted, and I think they both had the same costume or some shit like that. So she thought it was her boyfriend. So she she knew who she was fucking. She thought, as opposed to I'm just gonna fuck anybody today. Oh, it's a nerd. Great, you know. It was no. 
it was no that's uh yeah, uh, that's my boyfriend because that's my my boyfriend's costume, and she and she acted like it was her boyfriend, and and the nerd didn't correct her. So what you're saying is, I just need to figure out what the most popular costume will be this year <laughs> in troll Halloween parties. Yeah, I don't think it would work as well for you to be honest. <laughs> you know, it depends on what kind of costume you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, um. You know, you're 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 a lot built a lot different than the average dude, so I, I don't think you'd be able to pass yourself off as most people, really. You don't think there would be a bunch of women out there that, you know, see the the six one, wide as a door, guy, and just mistaking it for their normal, you know, five foot eight, normal proportions human as a boyfriend. I don't know. Are we? Is this party happening at like a, a powerlifter convention or something like that? Then maybe. Then I, I could possibly see it. Other than that, no. I don't. I, I think you're gonna find have to find a different tactic, my friend. So what you're really saying is for Halloween, I just need to vacation to like Iceland, where all the powerlifters come from. There you go, problem solver. You're a problem solver, my friend. <laughs> All, all right, right. Uh, so all I need to do is spend thousands and thousands of dollars, figure out the right costume, and then go do morally reprehensible, rape adjacent things. Yeah, and you'll be pass. You'll be just like the movie. Imagine that. <laughs> Shit, dude. You got any actual topics today? I know you're. Uh, it was a day off for you, so I don't really expect you to have any. I mean, we always have a few things. Uh, so in our in our daily stupid people not wearing a mask thing, now we have a New Jersey mall uh, where a man freaked out because he he had a mask. He just obviously had it down around his neck. And Ooh. some mall employee told him, you know, hey, you actually have to wear the mask. We're going to have to ask you to leave. So he grabbed a belt off of display and started hitting the worker with it while the other people that were with him started spitting on them. Well, that's uh, not something you want to hear. Obviously, I, I don't know. You're right. It's it, we have this conversation every goddamn day. I don't really know what to say about it anymore. What type of people out there would do that? I mean, if nothing else isn't, even if you disagree with a person and the whole mass thing, like you know, vehemently, dude, haven't has anyone ever heard of politeness anymore? You know, and being civil with another one another you know you can say oh dude i disagree with that i think i should be able to wear a mask and walk around here without a mask uh, and i don't think you should uh, be telling me to leave instead of i'm gonna beat you with a belt and spit on you i mean fuck dude is that how he solves all of his problems this can't be the first time he's ever had a confrontation with somebody yeah i think this is re this really just shines the light on how shitty of people there exist in this world yeah it, it is, you know, I, I told you the story before about the, the guy that wanted to fight me in a parking lot because he was going the wrong way down a one-way parking lane. And w when he uh, couldn't get past me and stop right in front of me, I put my hands in the in my air in the, in the universal, what, dude, come on, yeah. or the you know, what the fuck? And he took umbrage at that and wanted to fight me. And I often thought, dude, how does this guy get through life? He was clearly in the wrong. I never said a word to him. I just put my arms up in the, in the come on, dude, you, what are you doing? And he was ready for a fight, dude. How does he get by in his day-to-day -day life? He's got to get into way bigger confrontations than that all the time. Well, I think a lot of these people just grow up not understanding that there are consequences to being a complete dickhole. 
like I think I've told the story before, but like as far as kind of the background to some of it about how like one of my close friends was somebody that I punched in the mouth. But like there are people out there that they grow up and they under and they they never have that reality check moment of if I act like an asshole and I get hostile about it, that eventually I'm going to run into someone that is just going to put me on my ass and make me realize that like, this is not how I live this life and make it, you know, past the next year or two. I think everybody needs that. That's why I, I kind of wish like in school or, you know, whatever it may be. And you see this a lot with parents that get kids involved with some specific sports. Like it's hard to find a kid that's been wrestling since they were like five or six and they're a complete, you know, knucklehead by high school. Obviously you do see some, but like far less or kids that have been enrolled in like jujitsu or karate or whatever else, like from a young age that understand that like life has consequences. Like there Mm -hmm. is a time that you can get kicked in the head. And I think you become much more aware of what life is and your position in it when you're in those situations. What do you think, Jay? I don't know. I, I think for the most part, you are correct uh, that that is a big issue with most people not knowing that uh, words have consequences. People are like, oh, words are just words. I'm like, yeah. I mean, I would never hit someone for the, for, for anything that they, they could say to me. That, for, As far as I'm concerned, words, when it comes right down to it, are just sounds you're making with your mouth. Uh, that doesn't give me the right to hit you in any situation. Uh, but I'm not most people. Most people at some point will only listen to you say shitty sit, shit to them for, for so long before they lose their shit and go off on you. Uh, and there's a ton of people walking around that don't seem to realize that. Yeah, and I think it goes a, le- a little bit farther even with these people, right? Like, I think they, they have never had a reality check moment where they were just acting like an idiot and someone, you know, dropped them for it. So like you had the, uh, we had the story just the other day of the store worker that had the person get violent and they pepper sprayed the shit out of them. I wonder, I wonder how a person's demeanor and action would change if say in this case where this guy goes and picks up the belt and it just turns out that this little mall worker, you know, has been training, you know, Muay Thai for the last 15 years and grabs him in a clinch and just knees him in the face like four times. Like, I wonder if he would then ever again, like, freak out about someone saying, hey, pull up your mask, dummy. Yeah, and and you know, of course, uh, the uh, employee was not, you know, didn't say anything like that because he's an employee. I'm sure the, if it's any type of company, they've already told them how they want them to say it. My work has certainly told me how they want me to say it if a member's wandering around without a mask. So... (laughs) You know, I, and, it, and it wouldn't be, hey, dummy, put up your mask. <laughs> so, you know, it, so you, they, the guy can't even fall back on to, oh, well, he was rude to me about it. Because, you know, he wasn't. That's, the, you know, why would he? The employee doesn't want to do that job. He certainly doesn't want to go around telling people that they need to keep their mask on. But uh, but I guarantee you, his bosses told him that that's what he needs to do. Right. The only person that wants that job actually is you. No, I don't want that job either. You know, I think people should have their masks on, but I got to work at that place for the next, you know, 10 to 15 years. Uh, I don't want to be the guy that everyone hates because I'm getting them in trouble. I, I don't I don't say shit to anything about it. The the only the biggest thing I do in that in that regard at all is if you come up to my desk without a mask on to um, get checked in, 
Uh, I hold that that uh, uh, temperature gauge as far away from me as I possibly can while I hit you with it, and then I back across my fucking office until you put a mask on or leave. Uh, I'm so dramatic about it that I'm assuming some of them have to figure out at some point. But I, I'm not. But I'm not their bosses. I I can't tell them, hey, put your mask on. And if I and if I and if I start making a fuss about it, well, then fuck you know that there goes my uh, you know, entire camaraderie with my fellow employees that I've developed over 16 years. Yeah, that's a good point. It's yeah. I mean, it's just where we are right now, right? Like we are in fucking the twilight zone of a calendar year. Yeah, yeah, and you know it's. Speaking of like telling people to put their masks on, uh, I've pretty much, unless it's an emergency where someone's going to look like they're going to get hurt or something like that, I've, I'm always a firm believer of, you know, trust no one, help no one. <laughs> don't, don't, don't get involved. Don't get involved in fucking anything. Cause, you know, if, it, if you think it needs to get involved in, call the police. Uh, cause every day you hear stories about people getting involved and fucking paying the price for it. You know, uh, the entire, you know, no good deed goes unrewarded. This isn't so much a good deed. This is this next story, but this is pretty much just someone not paying, not not minding their own business. Uh, I saw that a Brooklyn woman was shot after asking a man to stop lighting illegal fireworks. Uh, police sources say on Saturday she was shot eight times after telling the man to stop setting off fireworks, and her partner, whatever that means, Kevin Hernandez, was also shot in the gunfire. So. And this is a case of, dude, just call the police. They're illegal fireworks. Call the police. Let them take care of it. Don't stick your nose in someone else's business like that. She is 100% justified. Illegal fireworks fucking suck. They're annoying as, as shit. But don't go around telling the guy to st- not shoot the shit off. It's not going to go well. Yeah, but there also is something to say as far as just, like, giving somebody that courtesy. Like if my neighbors were shooting off fireworks and I was trying to sleep or like it started freaking out the dogs, like I would walk over and be like, Hey, could you just, you know, turn it in for the evening? I have to be up early. I'm trying to get some sleep, freaking out my dogs. Could you do me that courtesy? Well, yes, and I agree with that. And I consider that two separate situations because uh, if nothing else, if it was a neighbor doing that, you would know if you could walk over and have that conversation with him, or if you know, or conversely, you know, he's a fucking nut job gangbanger that you should mind your own fucking business. <laughs> so, uh, in this case, I can almost guarantee it was, you know, not so much a neighbor or someone she knew. Uh, I mean, I could be wrong. I didn't see that part of the article, but I suspect it was like, you know, walking around or something like that. She sees someone setting off illegal fireworks and tells them not to. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe they were neighbors, and she just read the situation completely wrong. I would like to think that I would know which one of my neighbors I could, you know, have a conversation with without getting shot eight times. You would hope, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm lucky in that regard. Uh, all, all of my neighbors are pretty cool. I know because my wife is very uh, friendly. Uh, we now I know know all the neighbors like on either side of me and the two that are basically in front of me. Um, so and yeah, they're all cool people. Um, two old people and one couple around our age who's a, a firefighter and then a younger couple in their looks like probably early thirties. Um, all friendly people. My wife fucking, you know, actually gets, gets along with everyone so long, so much that she's cut the old man across the streets hair. She's uh, pet set their, our next door neighbor's cat several times. 
uh, and she's given food to the two uh, lesbians that live in the in the house uh, out of our freezer that we weren't going to eat before it went bad. <laughs> the firefighter directly next to us is basically the only one that we don't interact with that much, and he seems like a cool guy. So I got really lucky with my neighbor situation. Look at you living in Mayberry. <laughs> I kind of like it. I don't like talking to people, so I've never really associated with any of them. Uh, just the next door neighbor uh, that my wife has cats sit before because he's the dude that sold me the house. Um, so yeah, I've talked with him a couple of few times and I always knew he was a good dude, but she's, she's very friendly. She likes talking to people. So now I've actually developed relationships around me, which will, is always a good idea when you're living next to people for five, 10, 20, 30 years. Yeah, it's interesting. So like I've lived in this area for uh, seven, eight years now, something like that. And I'm not sure I know more than like one person that lives near me. Yeah. Uh, and you said you live in like a townhouse type deal? Yep. So I literally have people that live probably 30 feet from me and I <laughs> no clue. See well, me here and there, I'll say hi, but like, I don't really care to interact with them. Right, right. And you are renting, correct? You said that you, you didn't buy this one? Yep. Okay. Well, and that's a big part of it because everyone knows that it's a temporary situation. So there's not really any great, you know, desire or need to get to know your neighbors beyond, you know, Hey, don't make noise past a certain time because <laughs> you know, you're closer than the average neighbors. Um, so, but when you're, when you're living there in a, at least a semi-permanent thing, cause when you own a house, you, you know, you're going to be there at least for a little while, you don't, or unless you're flipping houses or some shit like that. So, well, it's, so to be fair, like the, these are all like, you know, privately owned, like a few of them are kind of, you know, end up being investment property property. So like, obviously mine was, but like I've been here for seven, eight years in the same place. Most of these around me, like there hasn't been any sort of like turnover. So I think mm. most of them own them. Right. Right. So it is, it is kind of the same situation you're in as far as how quickly your neighbors turn over. It's just, I, I don't care to know them. <laughs> well, and that's kind of the situation that I'm in as well. I, I don't need a lot of interaction with people. So it, it, when you, when you decide you get to know your neighbors, you're rolling a the dice. They might be cool people or they might be horrible people, but now you've opened that door. So they're going to feel, feel like it's okay to talk to you. If you never talked to them in the first place, you don't have to worry about opening that door. Exactly. And I'm all for that. I don't need to, you know, have the, Hey, how's the weather conversation with people? <laughs> so maybe that's just me. Dude, I'm so bad about it. Like, if I want to go out and get the mail, and I see like the neighbors in the front yard near this near the front of the driveway, I sometimes don't get go get the mail. I wait till he's done with whatever he's doing. I check back later. Yeah, you take it a step further. I I don't change anything I'm doing. I just don't do much past the hey, how's it going, dude? I'm just so walking. dude. I'm so uncomfortable talking to people that I don't know. Uh, I can do it. You know, obviously it's part of my job, although at this point I know most of the members uh, pretty well. So it's an, it's kind of a different thing for me. And and once again, I think we've had this conversation. I don't have problems with people at the club, even like new people or delivery people or random people coming in because it's, it's my place. I know I'm supposed to be talking to people. That's my job. I'm, it's what's expected of me. It's not weird at all. You get me outside of that environment. And even if it's someone I've talked to once or twice, unless I know them, I'm really uncomfortable talking to them. It's like I'm trying to think of what I should be saying, uh, and I feel like I'm getting analyzed for every word I say because they don't know me, so they don't know I'm fucking weird in the first place. And it's just a very odd feeling, and I don't like it. Jay, you're kind of like an onion. 
Many, many layers. Probably smell a little funky. And if I have to ever chop you up into many pieces, I might shed a tear. <laughs> well, shit. Thanks, dude. I appreciate that. In 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 uh, other tear-inducing news, apparently uh, Orlando Bloom lost his dog, and I kind of feel really bad for him. Uh, he, he lost his little dog, Mighty, which looked like to be some sort of small poodle mix or something shit like that, uh, and he's pretty upset about it. And even though I've never given a shit about Orlando Bloom, I don't have a problem with him, and I've enjoyed some of the movies in, he is in, but it's not like I'm like, oh, Orlando Bloom. But now I like the dude just a little bit more because anybody who can be pretty upset about their dog being missing can't be all bad in my book. So I think the question is, how did he lose his dog? Uh, that's a good question. I And I meant to read that part, but I didn't see it. Uh, I don't know. I get I probably got out or something like that. I'm going to I'm going to look it up again. I know he did say he had it uh, microchipped and it has like his uh, like address and shit like that on on the collar. And he's offering uh, a reward for someone to, uh, uh, you know, bring him back. You know, he's, you know, he's like he making comments on his Instagram, like he feels uh, powerless and shit like that. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, it's definitely one. something I wouldn't wish on anyone. And I, I, I'd always feel bad about that. I, I also just, whenever I hear about that, that's one of, always one of my first questions because, like, some of the ways that people lose their animals seem to be people just not being a good owner of an animal right right and you know what i i thought i was not diligent in reading the article but i'm looking it over again and it doesn't really say how he lost his dog um because this thing is just a, a post about how bad he feels about it in the post he's making on instagram it doesn't it doesn't say anything about it just says, oh wait a minute there's a there's a link maybe this tells more oh do 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 Asking his fellers that, that, that no, uh, no, it still doesn't say anything about how he fucking actually lost a dog. So yeah, I'll dude, it's fucking, judgment. I will yeah. say I feel bad for him, but I hope it wasn't his. I hope it wasn't his fault or lack of awareness. Right. Yeah, because we've agreed before that some people just should not own fucking pets. Yeah, but all it says is his, his dog Mighty is missing after the pooch was last seen in Montecito, California. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. That's that's pretty that's pretty vague, isn't it? It is. Like I uh, again, I will reserve judgment. Say, hope he finds his dog, and I hope he's more careful. Right. Exactly. Uh, in other news, did you see that the Chinese car maker something something something? is going to blatantly rip off the new Ford Bronco. Well, it's a Chinese company. That's kind of what they do, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, dude, it's so much fucking like it. There's that they're making Yahoo news articles about how China's ripping off uh, Ford Bronco. And I've talked before about uh, how they do that with all kinds of different cars. Top Gear even made a, an episode of, about it where they went to China and tried out the different cars that were copies of the originals and, and compared them and such. Uh, they didn't do well, by the way. <laughs> but yeah this is it's it's fucking ridiculous uh that's why i often think you know america basically has an inherent disadvantage uh over when in their trade war and competition with china because china can fucking just copy their homework whenever americans come up with something they like yeah the whole lack of any sort of like copyright or anything over there that just allows them to blatantly rip things off is a little crazy 
But like, what can you do really other than say, hey, like, yeah, we're going to either, you know, tax the shit out of anything that comes from your country or do, you know, economic sanctions or whatever else you're going to do. But then again, you have the gigantic problem that we have all these American companies that rely on Chinese manufacturing mm-hmm. because we decided, hey, we would rather pay people one eighth of what we pay them here to make things there. Yep. And uh, if I understand correctly, it's not that Chinese don't have any copyright laws. They do in their own country that they honor. They just don't honor American ones. Well, or, right. prob- that, or probably I mean, any like, other country. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they don't care about you know, other countries intellectual property. Right, right, right. Yeah. Which is, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, but it's pretty funny to see <laughs> that it's just so goddamn blatant. And they're like, yeah. What are you going to do to stop us? Me. <laughs> uh, let's see what else we got today. Uh, oh, this one's kind of fucked up, dude. Um, I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, have you seen the story? A man was uh, arrested and booked with a felony charge of willfully disregarding a person's safety for offering a homeless man $6 to do a backflip while, uh, while he recorded it and put it on his Instagram. Well, yes, I, I heard about that. But yeah, didn't that homeless person like break their neck or something? Yes, the the guy tried to do a backflip. He broke his neck and then died like 10 days later. Um, what what the guy was doing was a fucking dick move, but can you really charge somebody with a felony for saying, I'll give you $6 to do something stupid, and the guy does something stupid? I, I'm I not sure you, how... I think you actually can in, in situations like that where people... Like, if you're going to be that big of a dick... It's like the people that put together bum fights. Like, didn't they get end up getting arrested at some point or something crazy? And don't get me wrong. I'm not crying any tears that this guy was charged with a felony. Uh, it's it's a dick move, uh, and he deserves to have dick things happen to him. But I don't know if morally he should be charged with a felony. You know, that's I don't. You know, it's it's an it, it it's a dick move to do, but I'm not sure if it should be considered a crime. I think at some point it almost has to be like when you're taking advantage of someone to that level that you're knowingly putting their health at risk. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. And, and the, uh, the, the kicker there is when you said, you know, some taking advantage of someone like that because of their uh, situation when they're a situation where obviously, uh, I don't know, but would it be different if you offered them $600? You know, uh, would it be different if it wasn't a homeless man, if it was a, uh, like a, uh, uh, an acrobat and he wanted, and he wanted him to do a trick and he fucked it up and, and killed himself. I mean, that's, that's, it's such a weird gray area about all that shit. It's it, that I, to me, it just seems a weird thing to be charged with. Yeah. I, I think it is just the fact of like, you're trying to get someone to do something that is like legit physical hazard to their health right. or money and and especially someone like that not necessarily being in a position to properly weigh that risk it'd be yeah. akin to walking up with a box with a rattlesnake in it with a thousand dollars in the box saying hey here's a rattlesnake but there are a thousand dollars in this box all you have to do is just reach in and grab it yeah yeah, I can see that because in that point, it, it, you're willfully putting them in a dangerous situation 
as opposed to a situation that might be dangerous, which, cause there's a distinction, you know, um, trying to do a, a backflip is not inherently fatal, you know, as opposed to saying, okay, try to jump in front of that train and get back out of its way. You know, in which case, you know, which obviously would be fatal. Uh, well, and it's, don't get me wrong. it's inherently very, very dangerous in the fact that any, any normal person that has never done a backflip, like pretty much all of that motion is a huge chance to fuck up your spine. Yeah. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I'm kind of playing devil's advocate. Cause I don't, I hope this guy gets fucking, you know, punished as much as we possibly can. I was just, you know, um, spitballing the, the fact that it seems like a weird legal spot where it's going, obviously it's going to be very much, uh, the judge's opinion on what qualifies for that sort of thing. I wonder what the sentence for it is. Well, or at least what the sentencing guidelines are. So I think the sentencing is to to go to a specific jail where a very large man says, "Hey, boy, I'll give you a dollar if you can touch your toes." <laughs> well, yeah, I meant more like what 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 type of fines and what type of time he's looking at. Because if he gets like two weeks and a five hundred dollar fine, that's gonna be kind of shitty. Uh, on the other on the other hand, I don't know if he should do twenty years for, for the guy dying. No, he should have something that, you know, like is, is the proper punishment. And I don't know what that is. It's not right. going to be, you know, five years in jail, but it's also probably. not going to be a here's probation. And it's probably something in the middle. He'll probably spend, you know, a year or two in, in prison where it's probably not going to be a great time for him. He's going to get out and it's going to impact the rest of his life. Yeah. This. You okay there, Jay? You're, you're, yeah. you're, you're talking while typing. Like, is something yeah. that's something really super hard to important do. going on? <laughs> now, I was trying to find the uh, uh, the what the sentence guidelines for willfully disregarding a person's safety. Um, uh, but, uh, well, maybe I might be able to find it here. Uh, it's a law firm. Uh, do, do, do. This is more for. Uh, operating a vehicle so i'm not sure if it would uh no i don't think that qualifies the same thing all right never mind i don't want to go off too much of a tangent uh so yeah fuck the guy i hope he gets in a lot of trouble yeah i think we can concur on that one <laughs> you got anything else boss i'm that was uh it for me on my topics i did actually have to work today uh did you catch up at all on the fights last night uh just the very basics of the headlines and stuff like that i feel bad for uh um What's his name? Benavides. Uh, I was I was rooting for him, but I and I thought he was the underdog, but I didn't realize it go that bad for him that quick. Yeah. So Davison Figueredo was a a badass. Yeah. So there's that. Um, to quickly kind of catch a, a few fights here because I I missed a, a chunk of them as I was headed over to kind of the get together that we had, so we caught some of them. Um, the, the female fight was kind of a, an interesting knee bar and scream finish. Oh yeah. Uh, I saw a picture of that. That was horrible. Yeah. So that is one mangled leg. So shout out to Arion Lipsky for, uh, you know, tearing off Luana Carolina's leg. That was a really took that home as a trophy. Yeah, that was a really weird looking knee bar too. It, it it looked like she was torquing it from a completely different angle that you normally do a knee bar. 
Well, yeah, so it was interesting enough that, uh, so Carolina was, I, I think at the time, was trying to, to catch a calf slicer, and they just, they got tangled up in such a way that Lipsky was just able to to get that knee bar and that, yeah, the very weird kind of, kind of angle, and yeah, it, it was just, it, damn, it, it was something. It, it, it looked like almost like half of a Boston crab or, you know, like, you know, the wrestling move. Well, yeah, she was just at that weird, weird angle and just the, the torque that she was able to get from it. Yeah. That's it, there wasn't even really time to, to tap. It was, Hey, all of a sudden here's a full on knee bar and a scream. Yeah. Apparently she was fucked up for, for a while. Um, she made it. I did. Like I said, I didn't see any fights, but apparently she made it a lot of noise and it had to be, uh, basically carried off out of the ring back uh, stage because she was not doing any walking on that fucking thing. Well, yeah, when you're when your leg bends the wrong way, generally it's not a fun thing to try to walk on it after. Yeah, I would imagine not. <laughs> yeah, it's but funny because there was a there was a couple hmm. other pretty good fights on here. But uh, what were you gonna say there, Jay? Oh, I was just gonna say it's funny how you could see uh, people do knee bars and arm bars and have them clearly see it bend the wrong way and some people seem to not be hurt by it much at all and others are just fucking you know blown away by it well this one the angle of it bending the wrong way like it uh, bent far enough that it was like yeah that's not good yes things were probably snapping and shit at that point but yeah for other fights like there was a pretty good run here so there was that fight and then there was uh mark diakese versus uh rafael fiziev Viziev hmm. was a badass. Like, that was kind of a fun fight. Like, so this was a good kind of stand-up fight. Viziev had an awesome dodge of a high kick that damn near looked like it was from the Matrix. Did you see that one? No, uh, I didn't even I didn't see, even see highlights for that. I'll have to go look that up. It was pretty cool, though, huh? Yeah, he had, like, the full, like, almost completely bent backwards, like, dodge of a high kick. Oh, cool. <laughs> it was like, Matrix yeah, shit. that guy's doing some shit. So yeah, that one was fun. Gastelum got steamrolled. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, from what I heard, not much of a fight, huh? Well, it's not even necessarily that. Like, Gastelum, it wasn't like he looked horrible. It's just, there was, went in, and, like, there was just kind of this takedown and a little bit of a scramble, and... Hermanson locked up a heel hook and that shit was over. Someone said it looked quite similar to where when Mir uh, heel hooked uh, Brock Lesnar, just like basically just got caught. Yeah, it was something around there, but I wonder like, is this the time where Gastelum, like, is he far enough in his career that he sits down and he thinks like I really need to get my crap together and I just, I need to find a way to get to 170 because 185 is just not where I belong. Yeah, and we had this conversation before. Actually, you said the exact same thing. If he loses, maybe that will be the motivation that he needs to move down to 170. Because he, as you mentioned, he needs something to get him down there. Uh, his problem is he has moderate success at 185, and it, it, it you know, entices him to stay there where he doesn't have to, you know, diet as hard. Yeah, and if nothing, I think this should prove it, right? So, like, he went out. He, you know, he he's lost. What like three out of his last four fights or something like that at this point? Yeah, I think I think he's uh, lost his last. The first, this is the first time he's lost three fights in a row. 
yeah, so at this point, if you are going to rethink anything, like, this is probably your time. And, like, everybody knows that he is at the wrong rate, weight class. Yep. Like, I don't Although, think anybody is in, in any sort of illusion that 185 is where Gastelum belongs. Although Dana White is not helping matters at all because Gastelum's put out the standard, I'm sorry, apology thing, apologize to this, apologize to that. And Dana White responded with, you know, don't worry about it, kid, you'll be back. I'm like, no, don't tell him that. Tell him he might be back if he gets his shit together. Don't tell him he'll be back. Now he's going to be on there. Like, oh, good. I, I'm, I'm okay. I'll just figure this shit out and come back and win again at, one, at 185. Yeah, let's hope someone... Like, everybody needs that person in their camp that's going to give you the truth no matter what. I'm hoping he has that guy in his camp. Because I think this is where you do sit him down and say, hey, Elvin, you are an outstanding fighter. You are, you know, a top 10 fighter in the world just walking into that cage. But if you ever want to be the top fighter, you need to get your, your crap together. You need to lose some goddamn weight and you need to fight at 170. Yeah, I mean, because it's not a skills issue. Uh, the guy's uh, pretty well-rounded, so it's not like they're normally catching him with in an uh, area that he's not good at. Um it's just 100%. He's fighting people too big for him. Uh, and, you know, that's at the end of the story, really. Well, it was like, will he, will he turn it around? Will he get to the weight he should be at? Or does he turn into the middleweight Roy Nelson? Oh, yeah. That's another guy that you always look at and everybody could look at and say, dude, you are an extremely talented individual. Like, you can go in there, you can hang with some of the best heavyweights in the world, but there's no way that you're a natural heavyweight. He's a middleweight, dude. He's not even a light heavyweight. He's a fucking middleweight that's carrying around that much fucking fat. And was, he was always amazing. I, I love him as a story. I don't like his personality all that much. Uh, when he was on the Ultimate Fighter 10, he kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. But his the entire story of this big fat guy that is fucking you know, beating up uh, heavyweight athletes just tickles me to death. But logically speaking, the guy should be fighting at middleweight. Right. And it's just, it's another fighter that like you have all this potential and you can't, you can't take enough accountability for yourself to, to get to the optimal shape. Like you spend all this time training to get good at what you're, you're doing, but you can't take the time to, to be more regimented in the kitchen. Like really? And that, that's the ridiculous part because he is so big for his frame and you know because all the training he does, it's not like he's not burning a ton of calories. He wouldn't have to go on a, a, like a starvation diet or anything like that. He could just eat like a regular fucking person and he would be to the, most of the weight to the weight he needs most of the weight to the weight he needs to be already. Yeah, that's the thing. With him, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, but he speaking has of what what fighters should be doing, mm -hmm. what's next for for Joe Benavides? Oh, did you see that? The look, the, they did a close up picture of him when he was getting choked. Fucking, that was a horrible, horrible thing to see. I mean, that's one of the nastiest MMA pictures I've seen in a long time. Uh, and as to, to answer your question, fuck, I don't know, dude. I honestly, if I was him at this point, I'd probably retire. He still fights at a very, very high level. But goddamn, dude, fucking, I, I think I'd be, it'd be my time to go, well, you know, maybe I'm just done with this shit. Yeah, like with him, and he came out after the fight saying he's not hanging it up. 
Like I, I don't know why. Like you've had a an an insane run. He's only lost ever to the absolute best of the best. But it seems like a championship is just never going to be there for him. No, it kind of seems like Uriah or Uriah Faber in that regard. It's just like you're always going to get so close, but like the guys that that have it just for some reason are just that one little level past you. Yep. And in certain cases, it's just been bad luck. Like if they would have fought their fights in a different order, they might be a, a world, uh, a world champion. If you know what I'm saying, it's like, you know, they fought, they, cause sometimes you just don't fight the, the person that's got your number when you, while you're on your way up, you, you might get that guy three or four fights into your championship career. And then, then you lose your belt and that's it. But you had the belt. Uh, these guys were unfortunate enough to run into the guy that had their number at a championship fight or just before a championship fight. You know, uh, where there's, I'm sure there's tons of cases where someone fought the champ and they lost to him, but they would have won to one if they fought the champ before that or the champ after that. Yeah. And then you have the exact opposite. You have Conor McGregor who has, has gotten these title fights against the absolute perfect people at the absolute perfect time. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a, and don't get me wrong. You know, Conor McGregor is a really good fighter, but if he hadn't fought in the exact if he hadn't had the exact career that he had, he wouldn't have sniffed any of those titles. Exactly. Yeah. He, uh, like he, he may have gotten, you know, that, that title from Aldo. Like he did happen to time it perfectly that like it was when Aldo was just kind of starting to get old. Right. Right. So yeah. And that, that one, that one's, that's the only, that's the only one that I give a ton of legit, legit, legitimacy. Yeah, yeah, I said there it. you go. Uh, yeah, uh, too, because like you said, you know, fucking regardless, if if um, Aldo was starting to get old, he was only just because he kicked the last guy's ass that he fought pretty good. Uh, so, and some people say, yeah, it's a lucky shot. Yeah, yes, it was kind of a lucky shot, but the guy who was uh, McGregor intended to throw that shot and it hit, so there's only so much luck involved. Um, that's just a shame. That's one of my one of my most disappointing fights ever. I really would love to have seen that been played back like a month later as it's when, you know, and given Aldo a second shot at it to see if it would actually went down anything like that again. So that's your other problem with McGregor. He never even attempted to defend a title. No, ever. twice, twice. And, uh, and now, uh, he's saying, you know, now he's, I saw a picture of him where, you know, he doesn't look in bad shape, but he's definitely not fight shape right now. He doesn't have a six pack, you know, he looks like regular in shape dude, as opposed to MMA shape, which is uh, something I've noticed is I think the, uh, um, MMA has some of the most in shape athletes. Well, yeah, like they have to be right. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a totally different level of being in shape than like, you know, baseball players, basketball players, even football players, really. I mean, obviously they're all in shape, but it's nothing like the way the combat sports athletes are boxing boxers and Muay Thai people and stuff like that. are only really comparable uh, to MMA people. And I think MMA is probably in better shape than them still. Well, it depends on what you mean, like in shape, you just talk about what they actually look like. Like you have uh, the most freak people are definitely your football players, like your uh, skill position, football players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, but that's genetics more as opposed to anything else. I think like MMA people probably put in the hardest workouts in general. 
Yeah, I think it just depends on what the workouts are for. Like again, it's just it's it's specificity. Like you throw them into right. a football practice, they're gonna be dead within, you know, ten minutes. If you throw a football player into an MMA practice, they're gonna be dead within five minutes. It's just Right, right. But like when I hear about when I hear about the training, and obviously I don't know much about other professional sports, but when I hear about like the really high level MMA, MMA training, it's like, you know, they they will include like weightlifting sessions, cardio sessions, sparring sessions, you know, general skills practicing all in one day. So like the really high level people are literally doing workouts of one sort or, or another for eight hours a day and shit like that. Most of them, from what I understand, do it for three or four hours go home and take a fucking nap or something for a couple hours of rest and recover and then go do more in the in the evening so i and while i don't know what a football person or a basketball person does for their training it doesn't seem like it'd be all that oh it there absolutely is a ton is there so they're going to ha- also have their their strength and conditioning they're also going to have their cardio they're also going to have like team practices then they're going to have position meetings and then they're going to have tape sessions like it's it's also very much a full-time job that they Mm. get paid for as a full-time job as opposed to making twenty thousand dollars you know three times a year yeah and that's always seemed the roughest part about mma is their mma at its highest level is obviously a full-time job is like every other sport but you don't get paid enough to not have a regular job in in some cases yeah, unless you are one of the the top two or three in your division in the world, yeah, it's definitely a a side hustle. Man, that's a hell of a fucking side hustle. I'm gonna get punched in the face all the time. Work out eight hours a day in addition to my regular job, and I might make fifty thousand off of it this year. Maybe I might only make twenty thousand of it this year. And this, you know, it's a fucked up thing. Yeah, why do you think I stopped doing it? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, not a lot of money. Well, in that it. and I wasn't that great, but. <laughs> <laughs> if I could have made it a full-time thing, like I probably would have gotten my my stuff together a little bit more and probably taken it more seriously. But yeah, I would have never been, you know, what these guys are. Yeah. Well, you know, you the the path that you didn't travel, you'll never know. Regardless, back on just the the topic of Benavides and what he does next. Regardless, this guy won in life. He's oh, lost God. to the best fighters any anywhere like he's lost to Demetrius Johnson, Henry Cejudo and Figueredo that's that's just about it and look at his wife this guy won <laughs> yeah who did he marry again I know it's a hot chick Megan Olivi oh yeah 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 uh, yeah she's pretty um so yeah he's doing fine in life I, I hope he made enough money um during his career to actually retire which even I know he says he's not going to, but he's not, he doesn't have a lot of big money fights left in him really either. I don't think they're going to, you know, offer him a big fat juicy contract when his next one's up. Well, yeah, there's no way he's ever going to get to the point of making, you know, now what is considered like, you know, Connor Masvidal Diaz money. Right, right. Exactly. Most, even most of the high level people are lucky if they're getting like 75,000 to, to uh, fight and 75,000 to win. Well, and think of this, think how crazy this is. The absolute biggest draws in MMA right now. Like none of them, you would argue as a like top five of all time fighter. Right. And you, you Nate Diaz, which is, I mean, roughly slightly better than a 50, 50 fighter. You have Jorge Masvidal, who's fought for a title once ever. 
And then you have McGregor that, yes, he won two titles, but he never even attempted to defend one. Right, right. Uh, it's like he knew he, that, that, you know, eventually that horseshoe is going to fall out of his ass. Um, and hey, dude, I expect that if I want to fight, if I end up winning a championship and I didn't think that I could beat any of the contenders, I wouldn't fight him. I'd be like, OK, I'm done. <laughs> well, I mean, it speaks a little bit to him that he did, you know. He did sack up and and go in there against you know Habib. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I I think and he I was think pushing he knew that corner. night was not going to go well. Yeah, yeah, I think he was pushing through a corner and he, and 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 the so guy's certainly not a coward. He's not. I, I don't think he's afraid to take a beating. But but he knew that at that point he either had to fight that guy or or the uh, gravy train was over. Um, so he he went in and he took his loss like a man at least for a day or two before he started talking shit again. Yeah, that's the the thing with him is, you know, he's very humble. And, like, I think you actually get the true, like, who he is probably mostly as a person, like, right after a loss when you hear him talk. Yeah. But then that shtick just kicks back in, and it's just like, this does nothing to help me, like, like you at all. Right, it's very odd that he's so popular because basically he's a his persona is a is a fairly unlikable person. Um, is it just that people like it, like it when someone's an asshole? I, I guess maybe. I mean, he is an, he's an entertaining shit talker, is what he is. Right, like he but, has good, you know, like witty one liners and like stuff like that. And people like that. Like people like a good promo. Somebody that knows how to talk is quick witted enough to say entertaining things about whoever he's going to fight. Mind you, he does take it a little far, but like you can see the difference. It's why Colby Covington isn't isn't as like loved or respected as Conor McGregor is, is because he's just not as good at it. Right, right. Because it, you could tell it's more of a shtick as you know, as opposed to with McGregor, where you're like, maybe he's like that. Maybe he's putting on an act. It's hard to tell. Uh, with Colby, it's like, yeah, dude. Ah, that guy. I don't even. I don't even know if it's necessarily that. It's just Colby is not as likable about it. Well, all they did is they've stolen it from pro wrestling. Like it started right. with Chael, who decided, hey, I can talk, so I'm going to run with that. And he yep, did, and it took him. It took him pretty close to the top. And again, he was a guy that was never, never a champion. But he still ended up in a lot of main events because you know, damn, you put him on the, on the promo tour going into a pay per view, and he's going to sell a lot of pay per views with what he has to say. Yeah. See, and I, Chael was a little over the top, but I didn't mind it. He was. I always found him entertaining, and like, like his stick was like so pro wrestling pro wrestling like that it didn't bother me because it was obvious that it was like chael doing a, a song and dance sort of thing you know when while mcgregor's always seemed more mean-spirited um another person that i always enjoyed their their shit talking because it's didn't because it seemed like the way the way to do it was frank mirror him talking about uh hold on a second uh, chill well i'll give you a uh i'll answer your call in just a second uh, Frank Mir, when he was talking about Brock Lesnar, he's like, yeah, you know, he's saying, yeah, dude, you know, Brock, he doesn't know what he's doing in the ring. He's like, yeah, Brock, do you know, do you know how to, it's, it's not like he's going to be able to defend this and defend that, defend this. And he's listing off different, uh, 
you know, like chokes and, and submissions and stuff. And he's like, oh, wait, you know what, Brock? I'll explain what those are to you later. <laughs> so uh, I just always thought that was funny as shit. I always like Frank Mir's kind of uh, uh, attitude about shit talking. All right. Hey there, chill. Well, what can we do for you today, sir? I tell a nigga, don't dick ride, don't dick ride. Anyways, uh, I, I always just like Frank Mir in general. I always thought he was uh, like an entertaining dude. Yeah, until he got that that horseshoe pulled out of his ass and beat in the face with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was fourteen like, unanswered times, right to the face. Yeah. Oh God, that was brutal, man. Yeah, that was that's one of the uh, fights I always showed to people to explain why like ground control and wrestling is important because Frank Mir is way more skilled than Brock Lesnar in a lot of areas. But Brock Lesnar was just a way better basic wrestler. So he was able to put Frank in a position where all of his skill in jujitsu didn't do him a damn bit of good. Well, and the fact that he is, if not the probably top three or four freak athletes that have ever stepped foot in a cage. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, and of course, it didn't help the fact that he was so much fucking stronger than than uh, Frank. I'm just not that Frank couldn't have got him into a submission, but the problem being that once uh, Brock got him into that position where you know uh, where he was kind of like awkwardly spread out like that, Frank wasn't strong enough to get out of that. I mean, if if Brock Lesnar wasn't a fucking giant beast of a man. Uh, Frank might have been able to leverage himself out, but he just had no escape. That's why wrestling is such a, a big deal. And that's why, excuse me for a second there. That's why coming into the, the coming years, so next year when they redo the Olympics that were supposed to be this year, right? after that, it sounds like there's going to be an influx of at least two of like, the top tier collegiate wrestlers from the past, like five or six years. So like a couple names to like kind of jot down that are probably going to be, you know, some awesome bets. The first fights they have Bo nickel. And I think it's Anthony Kassar, two guys from Penn state. Um, Kassar was a heavyweight Bo nickel, uh, wrestled like the 189, 191 kind of area. But like when those guys come in, that's going to be some of those super high level wrestlers that are going to be gritty as shit coming from the Penn State program. Like that's that's going to be fun. Yeah, that'd be interesting to see. Uh, um, I wonder how old will they will be when they're actually into the uh, MMA scene and if they've had any kind of training other than wrestling. Because we, as we've seen before, it doesn't always translate to a good fighter because some people while they're really really good at wrestling they're not good at the other aspects of mma and they're just not really built to mentally to pick it up well so bo nickel he was helping train jorge masvidal for the uzman fight hmm. he's okay, been so... training at att and he's already signed to i think the same management as masvidal for like his mma management Oh, so like okay. He yeah, is, he is making plans to do it, and he's 24 years old right now. Oh yeah, he's gonna be a fucking beast. Uh, like it would be odd if he wasn't good at the other aspects, because obviously, if he's an elite level wrestler, he's very athletic and he's good at learning like physical type things. So unless he's got some like weird mental aversion to getting hit in the face, he'll probably dominate pretty well. 
yeah, and I doubt he has that that aversion that some of those guys have. Like this guy, three time national champion wrestler, won the Hodge Trophy, which is like the the thing for amateur wrestlers. He's like he's going out there winning, you know, worldwide tournaments when they've been happening. Like always Nickel is going to be a goddamn problem. Right. I often wondered why we don't see more uh like uh less than top level boxers move over to MMA. I mean, you, you see people, a couple of them talking about it every once in a while, but from what I understand, you know, uh, boxers, unless you're at the very, very high level, they're paid and sucks more than MMA. So I'm amazed that we don't have people that fight, you know, pro boxer for a year or two, and then, uh, find out that you could actually make more money doing MMA and then transfer over to that. Uh, I mean, we do see them occasionally, but it's a very low rate and they don't seem to have a ton of success for some reason. Well, I think a lot of that, even to become like some of those low level boxers, like the low on the pay-per-view type boxers, right? Like those are still guys that have been boxing since they were, you know, six, seven years old. Like that's an entire lifetime, even to get that far in boxing. Mm. Oh, so like you, that's, that's already been your entire life and having to add in grappling. Like that's not an easy transition to make, especially when that's the only background that you have. Right. Well, conversely, uh, a wrestler can do well just picking up basic fundamental um, boxing skills, uh, you know, and and, and and striking skills, and still do well in most uh, MMA environments. Well, yeah, it's the it's the thing of you know, the person that controls where the fight is controls how the fight goes. You have a boxer; they can train train from the time that they're you know they're five years old. And all of that training that they have, everything that they have learned can get negated by someone shooting, you know, a low single from 10 feet away and you get James Tonied. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. People say, oh, well, every fight starts on its feet. Well, yeah, for about a half a second, if you've got a really good wrestler, if you can't, if you can't uh, stop a takedown like that, you won't even have the opportunity to hit them. You know, when people say, oh, they, they got to get within striking range and then I'm going to blast them. No, they don't. <laughs> Do you know how to kick? No, you don't. So you're fucked. If you know how to kick, that'd be a different story because there's you can't use a lot of those bullshit takedowns against someone who knows how to kick a knee. But uh, a strict boxer, he's not going to know how to do any of that shit. Well, that is the funny thing because you, you have people that have boxed and I've heard people say this before just in like some of the gyms I've been around like you know somebody trying to shoot in like that on me i'm just going to uppercut them in the face and they're going to be out cold it doesn't really work like that you can think you're going to hit that one in a million shot but you know 99 times out of 100 you're going to end up on your back and then you have no idea how to do anything from there yeah exactly it's like dude haven't you haven't you especially it amazes me when you know when it's a boxer it's like dude you box for a living you try to hit people you know for a fact that the, your actual percentage of had, hitting a solid shot at any one point is pretty low. Fucking, it's you know, uh, it's an accumulation thing in boxing. You know, you can't just swing at somebody and assume you're going to hit them. And the thing is, if you don't hit them, you're on your back. It's not like oh, you know, you get another chance at it. That you know, with boxing, they're like, oh, I missed the guy. Okay, I'll, I'll hit him with this shot. Oh, I missed. I hit him with that shot. Okay, I got him with that shot. You don't get that three swings. You get one, one swing, and then you're fucking done. Exactly. Yeah, it's uh, it's a completely different world. Speaking of boxing versus other things, did you 
did you read up on or did you even know that that uh the Militich fight was last night Militich versus none yeah yeah i uh once again i i stopped by the uh ug og uh yes this morning and, and looked uh, over the uh threads a little bit so i was able to find out about that uh split decision against uh pat i guess huh yeah, so I think a lot of people that were watching it, I didn't actually watch it live. It's just I couldn't bring myself to spend like twenty five bucks on that, like that. Right. Just, uh, yeah. But yeah, it seemed like Pat probably didn't train at all for it, from what some people were saying. I heard that he looked like he was in at least decent shape for it. Well, yeah, I think he's always going to be, you know, in decent shape. He's still out there with the team in Iowa. And, right. You know, Militich is is still a place. Yeah, it seems like he probably didn't take it super serious, but yeah, I guess and this is, you know, how you would expect it to go is obviously in the actual, you know, throwing punches and the more boxing exchanges, he kind of, you know, got pieced up. But like it, it almost seemed like he probably wasn't out there necessarily going for the kill is when he started landing leg kicks, like he ended up dropping none at least once from leg kicks. Right. So I think if he just went out like the beginning of the fight and just chopped him down, like just threw nothing but leg kicks, he probably could have finished the old dude. Right, right. I can see that. From uh, some people, um, put forth the theory that he wasn't really like like you said he wasn't really trying because he's trying to do Nunes a favor, which is how the entire fight was set up. He was trying to help a guy that was fresh out of prison out. Yeah, I think that that's a very likely thing. That could have absolutely been a thing. Yeah. Like, yeah again, I'm not going to pass a lot of judgment on like a super short exhibition fight. Right, right. But from kind of following along, yeah, it seemed like, you know, he just, he was out there just to put on a show and, you know, and to, to kind of get their, their thing out there. But I, I'm pretty sure that if he wanted to, he could have went out there and just kick the living shit out of that guy's legs and it would have been over right right everything i've heard uh indicates that pat's a pretty nice guy so it wouldn't surprise me at all that he was like nah, I, I don't really care if i win this or not <laughs> well and i think so. it was just the i think it was just trying to kind of making it you know make a sport out of it right like he could have gone out there and just stayed at range like you can you could pepper somebody with leg kicks all day without them being able to really get in there and mix it up a lot in boxing range Right. Yeah. You see that all the time. Uh, cause there's always a surprising amount of fighters that, uh, don't know how to fucking check a leg kick and just sit there and take it over and over again. Cause they can't get in range and they can't stop it. Well, yeah, especially, you know, a 50 year old professional boxer that has never, never even seen a leg kick. Right. I mean, I mean, Pat could have been a dick and started throwing up leak kicks instead. So <laughs> that would end yeah, the fight really fucking been... quick. Well, I mean, interestingly enough, those never really actually seem to end a, a fight. Yeah, I've never actually seen it, but I assume like from someone that didn't know establish range and, you know, kind of keep somebody, you know, on their toes. But yeah, I'm, he could have probably went out there and started throwing those low leg kicks, those calf kicks. And mm -hmm. the first one that really connected probably would have been the end of the night because I don't think, you know, none would have ever had, you know, his calf lock up like what happens with that kick. Right. <laughs> yeah, that would have been unfortunate. <sighs> well, shit, dude, look at the time. Uh, we uh, went a little bit over today. I apologize to anybody that only wanted an hour. You got a little bit more today. 
Uh, I want to thank the OG Army for showing up. Uh, we can't do the show without you guys. Uh, I really hope you guys stick with us because we're going to stick with you. Uh, you got anything else, Dalton? Um, as always, I think we can we can roll with two things. So we have made it another week, which is many, 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 many in a row. <laughs> so thank you for all you degenerates out there that are still here. And for any of you new degenerates just finding us, also remember everything that we have is on the Podbean site for download. You can also go to the YouTube and everything is archived there, even with the chat. So if you want to see what these other degenerates are saying, you can find it on the YouTube. Yep, you can also and get us on. Day, uh, you can also get us ahead, on iTunes Richard. and Spotify. I'm sorry, no, don't mean to interrupt, but you can also find us on iTunes and Spotify. Yeah, and the only other thing I was going to say at some point, and I don't know how quickly this will be, we will work on getting some other content up on the YouTube, whether it's, you know, Jay playing bass in a Wookiee suit <laughs> or some other crazy thing. Like, we will try to start utilizing that a bit more for more than just archiving the podcast. So thanks for sticking with us. But the only other thing I can think of, and this is the perfect way to close up a Sunday night, is by simply saying to every last one of you, fuck all y'all. You guys have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow at 6. Bye-bye. Hey,